1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: It's Boot Club Friday.
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.
0: There's only one woman for us. It's Miss Margaret Madden. Hello, Margaret. Hi,
1: Jerry. How are you keeping?
0: I'm really good. Thanks for joining us again on the show. I'd say you're a woman that always got what you wrote to Santa for.
1: Well, yeah, I kind of did. I was Cindy Mad, so it was something for Cindy dolls every year, you know, big three-story house and everything a girl can dream.
0: Oh, listen, I knew that he'd never let you down. You never let us down either, may I say. Welcome back to the show. Let's begin. Oh, you picked a lovely one for your book of the month. Tell them what it is.
1: I did. It's uh, Claire Keegan's latest, and it's called Small Things Like These.
0: Now, this woman is well known for short stories, and this is a short type of novel as well, based in the southeast, round the Wexford, that type of area. New Ross. Uh, this book is, and the central character, the protagonist, is the father of a family called Bill Furlong.
1: Yeah, and he is a coal and a timber merchant. So, um, it's 1985. It's um, the week leading up to Christmas. So, obviously, he's really, really busy. And I mean, in the 80s, remember times were really tight, um, interest rates were through the roof, it, we were really struggling financially. So he's kind of just noticing everybody as he's doing his deliveries who who can't even afford the coal. But one of the places that he does deliver to is up to the nearest magdalen laundry, um, or the mother and baby home, as they as they know it there. And as he's delivering the coal, he finds a, a young girl in the cold cellar, locked in the cold cellar, absolutely freezing, barely able to walk, starving and just crying for her baby. So it's just basically his... What does he do? Like, how does he react to this? It's not something that's talked about in the village. He doesn't really know how to take it. He he goes up to the nuns and they don't want to talk to him about it. And he needs their money. He needs to keep them on his side. So it's he's really torn... Also, he's torn because he was brought up by uh, a woman who had him out of wedlock Mm. and she was um, a cook in the big house. And very luckily for her, back in the 60s and 70s, this woman kept her, her housekeeper on with the child and they all kind of grew up together in this beautiful house. So he really is torn. It's a beautiful tender book now, I have to say. And short, as you said, it's like 150 pages or something. And every page is beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about this. And of course, it is the crux of the matter. And this, and we won't give it away. You've got to get this book and read it. It is beautifully written and concluded as well. Right through it, you're right, Margaret. Every page holds you. But the the real tension in this book comes from the dilemma he faces. What does he do?
1: Yeah, Um, and you know, it's head over heart. He needs to support his family. He needs to, you know, and and that would mean saying nothing and ignoring what's going on in the Magdalene home. Or does he do something and and revealed his own past.
0: Mm. It must have resonated with you because you spoke to us about your life story. Uh, you know, at a young age, having a baby on the show, I'll never forget it when we talked about it here. It, it really must have touched you.
1: It did. I mean, anything to do with those mother and baby homes really touches everybody in the country anyway, I think. But yeah. so for me, it's a little bit more poignant because I managed to avoid one by the skin of my teeth. Mm. Like literally by the skin of my teeth. And, and that was because I had supportive parents. Yeah. If it hadn't been for them out there, but for the grace of God, go I.
0: Mm, mm. Anyway, it is you. You'll skip through this book. You won't put it down when you pick it up. It, it is simply beautiful. It really yeah. is. Uh,
1: I, I will literally be buying copies for everyone this Christmas. <laughs> there <really>. you
0: go. <laughs> there you go. Well, now that says an awful lot about Margaret. Is doing that. She really rates it highly, and she know you will love it too. So, our book of the month on late lunch this month picked by our Margaret Madness, Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan, and it's widely available at the moment, so it is. Yeah. And you will not go wrong uh, when you pick up that book. Now, let's move on to your next recommendation. And, um, you know, I have to say about this, it's dealing with death, but... So the book is what, Margaret?
1: It's by Anne-Marie Horrigan, and it's Sorry for Your Trouble, The Irish Way
0: of Death. Now... This is a subject, it's a sensitive subject and it's death is taboo in many people's book, in an awful lot of people's book, to be honest with you, but it's inevitable for all of us. She's handled this well, hasn't she?
1: She has, but I think that um, probably going back to, um, was it of Ophelan that, that spoke to Marion Finucane years yep. ago about, about uh, you know, we have to face our death. We have to realise it's part of life. Um so that's a kind of a seminal discussion that's been going on for kind of the past decade. And the more I read about it, you know, as a part of my thesis, um, the more I, I can't understand why we don't talk about it more. It's It shouldn't be taboo. And so what she's done is she has... You know, she's a journalist, so she she has gone and got stories of, of all aspects of the Irish way of death. So she goes into um, a respite home and, and speaks to someone who is dying and to the staff and the family. Um, she goes to an undertaker's and watches the embalming of a body. She goes uh, to a burial. She goes to many, many funerals of all different types, everything from... From suicide to murder to old age, um, she goes. She certainly concentrates on the end, end of life cases and and their wishes and how they're planning their own funerals, and and then there's the whole COVID thing. What funerals were like during COVID, and then um, unfortunately her own father, the loss of her own father, is in there too. So it's a little bit of everything. But you know what? Parts of it are absolutely hilarious as well. Mm. You know. Um, the Irish way with death does always involve humour yes. um, we all know we've been to funerals and weeks where they're giggling in the corner and stories are being told and yeah, we do have a very very special way of dealing with death yeah. and it should be it should be something we embrace
0: yeah, it's uh, a way of dealing with it and processing it as well. I, I Just look, She uh, two of the high-profile funerals, she attended Larry McKee um, in, in Belfast and uh, singer Tom Mc, Big Tom McBride, she was at yeah. his as well. You know, they were, were high-profile ones. But uh, is, is the case you're talking about, uh, and it really makes a huge impact, is that Bernie Brady Walsh? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the final we weeks open- of her life.
1: Yeah, we open up with her in the respite home so she yes. knows she's dying and, and they they become very, very close friends because they spend so much time together. Mm. So, you know, that that is fabulous. But then you have the very jarring opposite in the middle of it where you you two uh, drug cartel funerals
0: <clears throat> up mm. in
1: Darndale and Kulak, um uh, where it was like, who could outdo each other the most at their funerals, you know, with, with the size of it and the the dressing and it was nearly like a wedding you know over yes. over the top and and it, there's a conversation about why do we glamorize drug deaths and in comparison to the humble death that, say, Bernie is going through. Mm. Um, so it's very insightful, very, very clever. And then also looks back at the history of the Irish funeral, which, of course, you know, I know a wee bit about. Mm. And the, the story is way back from folklore. So it's fabulous.
0: Yeah, you're on the money here yeah. again this week. Again, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, this uh, is interwoven with your life and your studies and that as well. Mm. Um, but but I, I have to say, empathy, uh, sensitivity, fun, it's all in there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the cover quote on it here from Fintz No who's such a legend, and he just succinctly says, it's funny... Brilliant
0: and deeply moving. Mm, I think that does sum it up perfectly, and it's highly recommended by Margaret Madden. It's a second pick this month. It's Sorry for Your Trouble by Anne Marie Hurrahin, and another one worth picking up uh, for the Christmas with the Christmas I- in mind. In now, mind yeah. now, Here we go. Here we go. This is a lovely book. The next one I have to say, and and in a way, when we when you tell them the title, the title is a bit of a. Um, You know, a diversion, really. Tell them what your third pick is.
1: It um, is Lost Dog by Kate Spicer.
0: Yes, Lost Dog, a a love story. And there is a dog in this story. The dog is central to the story, isn't he?
1: Yeah, the dog is on the cover with the author, Kate Spicer. (laughs) He's such a gorgeous dog. He's a real scruffy lurcher and adorable. But anyway, Kate Spicer is a lifestyle journalist, you know, Mm. so she writes for the the Irish Times and for the large glossy magazines. And. Basically, she, sorry, I have a bit of a tickle on my throat since I start coughing, ignore You're me. You're okay. Um, it, it's, it's a memoir <coughs> about, um, basically it's about redemption and change and love. She was like a party girl in her 40s, superficial life as she called it, with drugs and booze and just this constant trying to keep up with the Joneses and her 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 boyfriend um, that she lived with is the Complete opposite, you know, real straight-laced. And as she'd be coming in absolutely hammered from her nights out, he'd be just out of the shower going out to work. So they had a very strange, kind of a lonely existence. So for some random reason, she decides to foster a dog. And along comes Wolfie. And within days, her whole life has changed. Wolfie goes everywhere with her. Unlike Ireland, where you can't bring your dogs anywhere, over in the UK, you can. Mm. And he literally goes to parties, excuse me, to restaurants, um, she's going to a wedding so she decides to leave Wolfie with her brother to mind so she can go for the night and uh, she gets a phone call at the wedding to say that the dog has run off Oh, yeah now I mean in the central of London it's not like the dog would run off and draw it and you'd put up a <laughs> note on Facebook and or
0: LMFM <laughs> yeah <laughs> find a dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: So this is, you know, down in Notting Hill area and um, the dog, that's where she's where she lives with with Kate Spicer. But of course, the brother's house isn't in that part of London, so the dog would have no idea where it was going. Hmm. So this leads to not only her search for her dog, but her search for her meaning and why she loves the dog so much. Yeah. And basically... The whole of London gets involved because the hashtag starts on Twitter, find Wolfie, and people are phoning in anonymous tips and she's <laughs> running around at all hours of the night at the dog. It's so uh, funny and really clever. And I listened to this one on audiobook, so it was the author's voice, which I you know I love.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, listen. This yeah. book is really fun, folks, and and it yeah. it, it is the dog is central to it. You're right, but the that the the Twitter thing sets in train. You know, a whole different aspect. And of course, as you said, there she hasn't been married. She has no children. Uh, she lives the single life wild and free but funny mm. with the dog disappearing it does start to make her think about where she is doesn't it and where she's it going it
1: does and it makes mm. her realise what love really is which yeah. is really also for the poor boyfriend because <laughs> she's kind of <laughs> implying that she didn't love him as much as she loved the dog so yes. No, yes. yes it's a great read, really, ah, great
0: read there you go folks Lost Dog a love story by Kate Spicer again with the five stars from Margaret and to finish off today um, you're moving to a different genre. Young children, a picture book. Nicola Colton, A Dublin Christmas. You adore this book.
1: I do. Listen, I don't think you're ever too old for picture books, are you? You know, no. and my kids are too old that they don't obviously must bed for a reading session. But this arrived in the post, and um, when I opened it, and I saw this absolutely beautiful illustration, little girls flying up around the streets of Dublin. Um, I just had to, I literally sat down and read it cover to cover. And I keep reading it. I keep taking it back out. It's a gorgeous story about Orla. And it starts off with a picture of her in her house. Um, She's a mixed-race family. So her her dad, I, I don't know, her dad is black and her mom is white. And she says Christmas means grand. To me, Christmas means grand. But unfortunately, grand lives abroad and there's no flights. And the flight is delayed so she's devastated, this little one, and she's, her tree looks wrong because she always normally uh, decorates it with her granny and she, her special fairy lights aren't working. and The power goes out in Dublin and just in her, it, to kind of, she goes to bed really sad, missing her gran, but this kind of twinkly fairy light comes to life and brings her on a journey through Dublin at night. Mm. and they cast light along you know famous famous landmarks so they go into the National Library and they go to the GPO to post a wish and you know all she wants is her gran and and the the tree lights and everything it's the sweetest cutest book that you ever get for Christmas I swear anybody who has kids grandkids or in you know anyone who even loves reading um, to kids definitely I would recommend this one A Dublin Christmas
0: by Nicola Colton is Margaret's final recommendation today and reminding you again her book of the month is Claire Keegan's book Small Things Like These Margaret brilliant as usual and you have one more task task to do for us on late lunch this year that is to name your book of the year and bring us a few more recommendations ahead of uh, the Christmas time and we'll look forward to hearing from you then thanks a million Margaret
1: you're welcome. Talk to St. Jerry. Bye. Take
0: care of yourself. Bye bye. That's our book reviewer on Book Club this Friday, Margaret Madden.